Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Market Shapers. I am really, really excited to be joined by Emily Ray Porter from Dave Perry Miller. And as you can see, we have a beautiful background setting today. So, Emily, maybe start by just telling us where we are. Absolutely. Thank you, Chris Kelly, for having me. Absolutely. And I'm excited to tell you guys a little bit about High Rises today. So we are currently in 1717 Arts Plaza, number 1906, which is at One Arts Plaza here in the Arts District. This building was designed by Lionel Morrison, who's a very prominent Dallas architect and has a very um, great feel. My client is an interior designer and she's done it. It shows. Yes, yeah. great. We're happy to hear that. She's done an exceptional job of putting a lot of really uh, special touches on this property. So we've got 1,777 square feet of interior square footage and over 400 square feet of exterior balcony. So really gives you that uh, indoor outdoor living space. Yeah, and it's a it's kind of a perfect setting for what we wanted to chat about today a little bit, which is the whole idea of, of the consumers and buyers that you know want to have this type of lifestyle living in a high rise, uh, the uniqueness of as, an, as a real estate professional of catering to that type of uh, clientele and that type of property. Because um, we were talking beforehand that you know you said some people get a little intimidated by it because they think of it as different as you know selling a, a residential home. So we're going to demystify that a little bit today's goal. That's what we'll, we'll try to do. Okay. Um, so let's start with this. Um, why don't we start with what is it typically when you're working with a buyer who's looking to move into a high-rise what what are some of the things that they're attracted to by well certainly people are most attracted to the lock and leave lifestyle that high-rise living provides so we have a lot of empty nesters as well as young professionals that want walkability is probably one of the number one things that people are interested in as well as all the amenities that high-rise living provides right. like the pool the fitness center concierge service, the valet parking, all of those things that are included that you don't have to take care of yourself. You know, you can let go of the gym membership. You're not paying the pool person anymore. Right. No landscape bills. So it really is um, an ease of living that you can't really get anywhere else. Yeah. And on all those amenities, you touched on a few of them. What what are the most common ones that that you find that that uh, buyers are looking for um, when they're thinking about moving into a high rise? There, a lot of it is you know the security. It's very important to people that when they're not home, they feel like their home is protected and looked after. As well as when they are here, they know that someone's always at the front desk and no one's ever showing up at your door unannounced. Hmm. So security is a big factor. Yeah. Um, and again, pools and fitness centers are important to buyers because a lot of times they're leaving behind a pool at home or right. something like that. So just, you know, the full service buildings um, do really well at attracting attracting buyers. Yeah. Are there, have there been kind of amenities evolved over time? You mentioned valet service and are they, are they kind of like we see out in the, in the suburbs, like neighborhoods are trying to one up one another as far as you know, the different amenities they have with inside of it, or do you see kind of see the same thing happening within high-rise communities? Certainly, well? I, th I think developers have over the years tried to, you know, distinguish themselves with certain things and, you know, like wine cellars or media rooms. Entertaining space is important in high-rise living because you are giving that up in your home right. and you're usually moving to a, you know, a smaller space. So the common areas that buildings provide are important to buyers so they still feel that they can entertain um, without necessarily having to do that in their home. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, you know, one of the other things that's really important, folks, is kind of the walkability of mm -hmm. being able to get to things. And I've, it's, uh, I've always wondered if the chicken or the egg kind of concept, um, 
is the, as a developer, are they looking to put the building in and then surround it with the amenities? Um, or you're looking for an area where there are the existing amenities, you know, uh, grocery stores, you know, shops, things like that. And then a developer will come in and develop something there. Is it kind of combined with both? I think it's combined with both. Yeah. You know, this area has really uh, developed around this building with the world-class world architecture that we have in our arts district um, and, and all the amenities downstairs here, like the restaurants, that people can just pop downstairs yeah. and have dinner or a drink. Um, but then some buildings, you know, on Turtle Creek, again, they have kind of grown up around that. So it, it's just varied over the years, but walkability has certainly become a bigger attraction in right. the 15 years that I've been doing that than it was when I started because before we didn't have all of these buildings in the more urban areas that we have now and Clyde Warren Park definitely has become a big amenity of Dallas and living yeah. in this area. Yeah. People want to still have green space. When um, when a buyer's thinking about you know m moving into to a high-rise um, what are some of the things that you you find that they're most concerned about or the the points that they most want to rectify if they haven't had that lifestyle before? I think they they just want to kind of understand it. They usually like to look at a lot of buildings before they make a decision. I always say that there's a, a perfect building for everybody, one that fits your personality right. and your lifestyle. And it may not always be the one that you think is going to be the right fit because they are so different. Yeah. And, um, but fortunately we now have, have a lot more buildings to choose from in Dallas and this type of living has become much more common than it was you know several years yeah. ago. What kind of questions are you, when you have someone you're working with and they're, you know, what are the things you're asking about that helps you narrow down which particular buildings you might show them? Like, you know, with, with you know, in the residential single family, you, you know, do you want a larger yard, you know, neighbors, bigger, you know, lot, whatever it might be. What are those things you're trying to narrow down when you're speaking with somebody who's looking to live in, a, in, in more of a, in a, in a condo? A lot of times we're talking about the style of the building, whether most people have an idea of whether they want a traditional or more contemporary building. Right. So some people want that floor-to-ceiling glass like we have here, and they yeah. don't want to compromise on that because it's, it's usually a total departure from what they have at home. Yeah. So usually style is number one, and second would just be the amenities, and third is usually walkability. And some people don't want walkability. They don't want to be in an area that they feel has a lot of traffic or noise. So those are the kind of people that gravitate more towards Turtle Creek. The people that want the walkability are the people that are down here in One Arts, yeah. the Ritz, Museum Tower, Hall Arts, um, because they have a very active lifestyle and they like being in the heart of the city where the energy is. Right. You had mentioned before, um, uh, uh, when we were chatting beforehand about um, one of the things that's really important as a buyer when you're you know, looking to potentially buy a unit is the documents that you receive from the actual building manager. So maybe talk to everyone a little bit about what, why it's so critical to look at those, what they could expect to receive from a building manager as they're exploring a unit. Sure. I think that's the most common question I get from agents who call me to ask questions about um, high-rises is, is about the HOAs. You're typically going to expect, you know, your dues, monthly dues to run anywhere from 70 cents to a dollar a square foot. Um, the buyer's going to get the resale package, which includes the documents, rules and regulations, declaration, budget, resale certificate, and obviously they have time to review all that. Um, most buyers ask about special assessments. Has the building had any special assessments? Do they have any upcoming? Right. 
the budget kind of gives you a lot of insight into that and shows you how much the building has in reserves. But I certainly always encourage people to, if they have questions once they're under contract, to sit with the building manager and spend some time going over any concerns they have or questions um, that they might want. Buildings are very hesitant and usually won't release any of their financials unless you are under contract. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, it's a business. Yeah. It's run a lot like a business and it's private financial information and, right. and they treat it as such. Yeah. So, but most, most questions um, regarding HOAs are, are pretty easy to answer and standard once you kind of yeah. get used to selling condos. Well, and I can see why, how that would be so important too, because you know, we think of a typical seller's disclosure telling you everything about the property mechanical and stuff. Yes. And here it's really, you have these common shared neighbors. And so knowing how the property has been managed and run for a number of years is, is really important if you're trying to predict out what your expenses might be. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we, we had chatted a little bit too, and I think it's unique to, to um, kind of distinguish the two. A building that has been built specifically like this one has for, you know, condo living versus a conversion building. And you had talked a little bit about the importance of, you know, if you go during the middle of the day during a conversion building, you may not have any neighbors around and you may not know what the sound quality is like sure. versus a building like this. A building like this is going to have very great sound quality. This was built, this building was built by Lucy Billingsley and uh, it was built, it's commercial and residential, so it's been very well um, built and the sound quality is very good, as is in most high-rise condominiums. Yeah. You're not typically gonna hear any noise from your neighbors. Um, you may hear noise if someone's doing a renovation, that's the most common type of noise that you would hear, but obviously condo conversions, which there are not a lot of um, in the city, fortunately, are much different because they are built to different standards. Right as apartments than, than the sound quality you would have in a high-rise condominium. And that's, I think it's just good to know as if, 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 again, you didn't say they're not as prevalent, but if you are, that's something to think, sure. keep in mind, you know, Absolutely. go in the evening when other people are around exactly. speaking. Yes, so you can just test, yeah. test the noise level yeah. for sure. I'm curious about um, the differences um, that, if any, that you see when you go to market a property like this, you know, the differences in how you approach the marketing of a property like this than maybe some other, again, traditional single family homes. Well, I think the main difference is always with any high rise that I'm selling is I'm selling a lifestyle where it's it's much different than, than a single family home. This is this is a full lifestyle right. and and people usually haven't done it before. So they do have a lot of questions that we always try to be present to answer for for other people's buyers yeah. so that we can give them some confidence on you know how what they should expect and 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 what all services are provided by the building but really it's just you're selling a lifestyle and you're selling the neighborhood in which the person's going to live yeah. so and the amenities of the building do you find that buyers are will narrow in on a building they'd like to be in and then see what units are available typically a lot of times when I first start working with them, they'll want to look at several buildings, but usually pretty quickly and narrow it down to one or two. Right. And then we really dig deep into the floor plans and units that are available yeah. in that particular building. Most people gravitate to one, maybe two buildings right, right off the bat. Yeah. And in addition to, you know, the typical listing in the MLS, um, are there different channels that you have found to be more effective um, for, for marketing high-rise properties? Well, obviously I do a lot of advertising that's offered by the company yeah. and I also have a website called highrises.com which we specialize just in condo sales and I'm uh, in a network of 30 plus agents around the country. 
So through my website, they can browse just by building right. or by price point, but there's no other place they can go just to look at what's available in a certain building. Yeah. So they can click on One Arts Plaza and right. see what's just available. Yeah. So once, it's especially helpful once they kind of narrow down their search, but we also give them some good facts about the size of the building, the unit count, how many stories, what the amenities are. So it's kind of an educational yeah. process for the for the buyers. And have you found over the last several years has the, the buyer pool been the traditional buyer pool that we would expect in, in North Texas or um, do you have an influx of out of town buyers that when they come in that this is very attractive them to live in a city like this and live in this particular area? Absolutely and we sell to a lot of out of town buyers, a lot of people that are coming from New York, San Francisco, Chicago. Who are kind of already used to this style of living. This is what yeah. they're used to yeah. and this is what they want to stick with. And we recently sold a property to a buyer coming from Chicago that never actually came to see it. Hmm. So it was at the Ritz-Carlton. His agent did FaceTime with him. They contracted it, and they, they still haven't been here because they're not coming until Thanksgiving. So I think you know people from cities like that yeah. are much more comfortable with, um, with the lifestyle, and they yeah. already know it. Yeah. Well, I'm sold after being here yes, today. So this is so this glad. is amazing, and and so thank you so much for shedding some light on this, allowing us to be in this uh, beautiful listing of yours. And I know you already serve as a tremendous resource for a lot of our agents who have questions about you know high rise living. And so thank you for doing that. Oh, and I'm sure this happy. might spur a few more I'm calls your way, but I hope that's okay. Always. And yeah, but this was uh, absolutely fantastic, and really, thank really appreciate it. Thank you so much it. for having me. Yeah, everyone, thank you for tuning into this uh, week's edition of Market Shapers, and we'll see you next time.